What's the highest praise? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got a, a lot to get through in the uh, preliminaries, and it's also Super Bowl Sunday, so I know that if I preach longer than uh, five hours like I planned, I'm going to get in trouble, praise God, so I'm going to do my best. But um, I do want to honor each and every one of you. Um, thank you so much for believing in me. Uh, I've been here for, I don't know, almost over over 10 years. Um, and I want to thank and praise God for each and every one of you. To my family and friends that are watching, thank you so much. Whether you're here or online, I love you. To this church family, I love you so much. Um, I am the youth pastor of the greatest uh, youth ministry here. <laughs> and also, also, I get to... Uh, lead the Bible quiz team. We finally brought it back, you know? Praise God. And so I said I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. So come on, OC, and uh, I see you back there. And Leah, where are you? Come on, come on, hurry up, hurry up. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And uh, Dawson isn't here with us. Uh, he usually goes to C3 with his family, and his mom is one of our coaches. But yeah, yeah, you can stand right here. It's fine, it's fine. Yeah, come, come up. Come, just come on, just come on, just come on. So these guys, we went to a tournament uh, yesterday, and um, they placed fourth place out of 11 teams. Yeah. And not only that, OC got... First place all-tournament team as the highest scoring quizzer with 67 points per game. Give it up. Amen. These young people are studying the book of Acts, and that's another one of the reasons why we're fundraising outside for the chocolate-covered strawberries are to help uh, us go to regionals next month. So if you just want to donate, support, whatever, please help us out so we can go and we can win in Jesus' name. Good job, Amen. So um, other than that, let me make sure I'm getting through all my preliminaries. All my preliminaries. Let's see. Yeah. I know, right? It's amazing. Uh, okay. Honor to the awesome music team for ushering us into the presence of God. Come on. Give it up. Give it up. It's not, hallelujah. It's not an easy job. Amen. Double honor to our bishop and our pastor in their absence. We love and appreciate them and their companions. We thank God for their labor in the word of God and their love for this city and their love for us. And I'm extremely honored to stand in Pastor Stead today. I tried to fake a call for, you know, something like that, but it wouldn't work because he wasn't going to answer the phone. Praise the Lord. If I told him I didn't want to do it. So praise the Lord. I give honor to him, to our guests uh, and visitors. We thank you so much for joining us um, here today, whether you're in-house or online. Praise God. We're better together because you joined to worship us. Amen. Hallelujah. And come back to hear our pastor. You know, I'm going to do my best, but if I do any good, it's because I stole his notes. Praise God. Don't tell him, don't tell him I did that. Praise the Lord. So if we could all stand. Uh, thank you so much, Pastor Don, for those kind words. He was my Sunday school teacher. And Caleb, it wasn't us. It wasn't us. Thank you. Amen. I won't mention their names, but it was, they'll be here in a little bit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Who's the, the real troublemakers? But we thank and praise God for, for them and for the brothers that I've gained being here in Jesus' name. Uh, so if we'll read from 2 Timothy chapter 4. If you're a good Christian and you said, I'm just going to look at the sword that we have on the screen. I tell the kids, you know, don't bring your retractable sword. You know, don't bring your Bible. Bring your real sword. Praise God. So, you know, some of them didn't, I see. So that's all right. I'm just playing, guys. Okay, so 2 Timothy chapter 4, um, verses 9 through 13. And they read, Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world 
and has departed from Thessalonica. This is Paul speaking. Crescens for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring with him bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. And Tychicus, I've sent to Ephesus. Bring the cloak, somebody say bring the cloak. Bring the cloak. That I left with Carpus at Troas when you come. And the books, somebody say the books. And especially the parchments, somebody say the parchments. Amen. For a few moments, we're going to continue our series that our pastor started on mental health. So if you'll help me preach, the title will be A Sound Mind. A Sound Mind. Amen. If you're going to help me preach, somebody shout in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. All right. So. Uh, Second Timothy is written by the Apostle Paul to his mentee and his son in the gospel, um, who is Paul. And Paul is serving time in a Roman jail as a repeat offender for spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is his second imprisonment in Rome, his third recorded arrest. Paul is no stranger to the law. Not only is he an habitual offender or an habitual criminal, that's the legal jargon for that, for a repeat offender, but he is also a doctor of Hebrew law, an esteemed scholar and theologian, and well-versed and well in Roman law. Being well-versed in Roman law is what got him out of trouble in an unlawful arrest in the book of Acts. Who better to lock up than a lawyer? <laughs> Amen. He must have been a good one too because later on he got out in no time, the Bible tells us. Paul was detained several times, arrested thrice, but some scholars believe that these aren't the only occasions that he and people that accompanied him were arrested, but it just, they didn't have time to put it in the Bible. However, this is also Paul's last imprisonment because this would lead to his death by the Roman ruler Nero in AD 68. He was not caught off guard by this fact. He predicted it, knowing the insanity of Nero and his vile abhorrence of him and the Christians because they would not only because they would not salute to him as only king because they recognized one king and that was Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So the last two verses of the book of Acts report that he lived in his own rented quarters for two full years. There he preached, taught, entertained friends and foes without interference or intimidation. His rush to leave Troas, obviously, in his rush to leave, he obviously left a couple things that he needed, especially the parchments. He says, <clears throat> God is concerned with your total life and experience. Paul reminded us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, that we are body, soul, and spirit. Yeah. You are a soul with a spirit. Spirit means breath or life in a body. And as the, uh, the praise team told us today, it is his breath in our lungs that we need to give back to the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. That's why we praise him. That's why we worship him, because it's his breath. It's him who gave us life. Amen? Hallelujah. The Bible, uh, well, the Bible alludes to this, that you are not a natural being having a spiritual experience, but you are a spiritual being that is living a natural experience. The theologian C.S. Lewis says it like this, the fact that our heart yearns for something earth cannot supply is proof that heaven must be our home. Amen. If I asked my grandma what that quote meant, she'd tell you, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. It, it, it helps us to realize that when the storms come, I can look to him who came from heaven that walks on water. It shows us that when I'm in the midst of the fire here, I can call on him to stand by me. It shows that when I'm sick in body, I can call to him who is the healer and the maker. Hallelujah. And has healing in his wings. When I'm troubled in mind, I can call to him who comes from the land where there's no crying. There's no dying. There's no sickness. There's no suffering. There's no night. There's no sleepless nights where every day is like Sunday and where the wicked shall cease from troubling and the weary shall be at rest. Hallelujah. I can call to him who will do just what he said he'll do. Hallelujah. He made a way out of no way. Amen. The Bible says that he has healed my body and I'm a testimony of it. Amen. He gave me strength to go through. He provided for me. He brought my baby back home to church. Come on, somebody. He provided the check I needed. He did more than I ever expected. Hallelujah. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Hallelujah. And just when I thought he had done too much, he turns around and does something else again for me. How many of you believe it? Praise God. How many are a testimony of it that just when I thought that God had done something, God wasn't going to do anything. He did it again and again and again. Hallelujah. Praise God. I may be young and one day I will be old. Uh, you know, in contrast to what the youth may tell me. Praise God. I'm not old just yet. Praise God. But I know this for true. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Hallelujah. Praise God. Paul prayed that our whole person, body, soul, and spirit be preserved blameless at the great coming of our Lord Jesus. And in this human experience, we will at one point or another feel imprisoned. The body is a form of a prison. It is limited. The old want to be rich. I mean, excuse me, the old want to be young. The old want to be rich too, but the old want to be young. Amen. And the young want to be want to be old. Praise God. The poor want to be rich and the rich. Uh, uh, they want to keep their money. Praise God. But they want the peace of contentment. Hallelujah. The ugly want to be pretty and the pretty just want people to stop staring at them, you know, and not saying anything. Praise God. But enough about me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm the one that's being, st my dad always said, if you have to explain it, then it ain't true. Praise God. So I'm just going <laughs> to, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> I'll be here all week, folks. I'll be here all week, folks. Praise God. <laughs> all right. So in the prison of wants and needs, we could feel depressed, anxious, sleepless, confused, lost, alone. But Paul gives us not just a survival guide, but a guide to thrive yes. and how to keep a sound mind. So from Paul's plea, we learn a few things. And the first one is, is that we are human beings with physical needs. That's, right. That's why he told Timothy, when you come, bring the cloak that I left. Yeah. One of the prerogatives or the, adv the advantages of the soldiers in that day was to take a prisoner's possessions for their own. They gambled for Jesus' garments at the cross. Paul did not, uh, he didn't need much. All he needed and all he wanted was his coat because fall and winter were approaching. In his prison, he probably felt depressed, alone, frustrated, yet he found hope in a coat. In the moment where it is easy to feel sorry for himself, he chooses joy. Yeah. We must never divorce or depart this simple fact that the Lord is the one who provides all of our common needs of life, right. whether it's what we eat, what we wear, how we feel, and what we do. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, eat a Snickers. You're not you when you're hungry. Hallelujah. 
Now, I in no way mean to belittle the circumstances in our lives and what we go through. But in our moments of despair, both Jesus and therapy tell us and secular sources advise us that the worst thing you can do in your moments of despair is to stop caring for yourself and for your basic needs. I pray today that you find the strength to lift your head to the sky from whence cometh your help. Amen. Our help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Praise God. David fasted and prayed uh, for his son to live. He was, his son was, uh, if you would make it modern, in the NICU. You know, and uh, he changed his clothes. He came to church, changed his clothes, was in sackcloth and ashes, kind of the equivalent of not showering in a sense, and laid prostrate on the floor for days, for days, praying to God. But someone had to come and bear him, you know, they had to bear the bad news and come and tell him, hey, you know, your, your son didn't make it. And when he finds this out, he gets up, yes, he did. praises God yeah. in the midst of a hurting soul. And then he goes and takes a shower and gets something to eat. Come on. Praise God. And then he testifies that the Lord is a shield for me. Yeah. My glory. Somebody shout my glory. my glory. And the lifter of my head. Hallelujah. I want to tell you that your situation is real. Yes. But so are you. And you are not your situation. Amen. It may be hopeless, but you're not hopeless. You need to eat. You need to take care of yourself. Because all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Amen. So the first thing we need to do and learn is that we need to take care of our human needs. Yes, right. Timothy, when you come, bring me my cloak. Amen. And the second thing is that we are human beings with intellectual needs. He said, Timothy, when you come, also bring the books. Bring my books. And there are many ways we enlarge and educate the mind. Schooling, travel, conversation, reading. It should be a part of every life discipline. Jesus encourages us to read the things that enlarge or our capacity for more useful service. He said that our mind is like a treasure chest and a good person out of the good treasure of his heart brings out good things and an evil person, evil things. And as people of faith, we don't build our life on the basis of this world and, and Hollywood and et cetera because it is easily and heavily influenced by the enemy of our soul who is the influence of all evil in the world and tempts us to act out the evil that is found in our hearts. Amen. But Paul also was well read in many fields besides the Bible. In, uh, through his teaching through Gamaliel, at times he quoted poets like Eratus, philosophers and commentators like Epimenides, I hope I said that right, forgive me if I didn't, dramatists like Meander. There's nothing wrong with good entertainment, but it must be disciplined by the Holy Spirit. He never thought he was too wise to learn, even at the end of his life. Don't lose your sense of learning and growing. Don't be afraid to grow and try new things, because even then this, uh, uh, try new things, excuse me. And even then in this, that was still not the most important thing that he needed. That's right. The third thing that we learn is that we are human beings with spiritual needs. That's why he told Timothy, above all, especially, give me, bring me the parchments. Amen. 
Now, scholars differ on what he's referring to when he says, bring me the parchment. Some people think that it's just Old Testament scripture. Some people think it's just paper because that's what they wrote on were parchments back then. Um, but even then, it teaches us that we need the word of God. Yeah. We need the Bible. Yeah. It is supernatural in its origin, and the Bible is full of adequacy. There is nothing wrong or any error in the word of God. The Bible says that it's divine, excuse me, it is divine in authorship. Well, it does tell us that it's God-breathed, it's God-inspired, amen, and men wrote it, hallelujah. The Bible is harmonious, amen. There's no contradictions in the word of God. What's in Genesis can also be found in Revelation, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's infallible in its authority, infinite in scope, universal in its interest. Amen. The Bible is the miracle book of diversity in unity. Praise the Lord. Before we ever had a solution to racism naturally, there was a solution to racism in the Bible. It's called the day of Pentecost. When everybody came together. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Everybody came together. Praise God. Hallelujah. They said, what, what? These men are drunk of new wine. Come on, Bible quizzers. But these men are not drunk, as ye suppose. Seeing is but the third hour of the day. But this is that. But this is that, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. On all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. On the handmaidens and on my men servants, I will pour out my spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Before there was any solution to any problem, it was always found in the word of God. Amen. It's personal in our application. The Bible puts life into us and keeps life in us. Amen. Psalm 119 and 9 says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Amen. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. It's immeasurable in power. The Bible can keep us from sin. Amen. Psalm 119 and 11 tells us thy word. David says, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Amen. It is inestimable in value. The Bible conquers sin for us. The Bible tells us in Revelation 12, 11 that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our, come on somebody, somebody knows the Bible, praise God. Hallelujah. We find in the word God's great plan of salvation. A physicist once said, it is only the book, it's the only book that answers the age old question of who I am from whence I came, why I am here, and where I am going. It is our guide out of sin through grace to glory. And even then, he says, bring me the parchments, because the parchments can not only mean the scripture. The parchments are also paper that he used to write on to preach to the churches. Many times while Paul was in jail, Paul was writing to the churches. It was in jail where he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Hallelujah. How can you say that while in prison? Because I'm also looking to other parchments where David said that the Lord is a shield for me and my glory and the lifter of my head. It's in my times of disappointment. I can look to somebody else's parchment and what somebody else said. Hallelujah. And they said that I will bless the Lord at all times. Yea, though I walk through the valley. There we go. Of the shadow of death. I will not 
fear any evil, for thou art with me. He could read David's parchment when he was going through. Hallelujah. Amen. When you're in the prison of sin and condemnation, you can look to David's parchment who said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Hallelujah. You can look at somebody's parchment in this place who has a testimony of God bringing them out of sin and the miry clay. Hallelujah. And setting them on a, on a rock to stay, establishing their goings. Hallelujah. You wouldn't even think, you wouldn't even know what kind of sin they were a part of because God came and changed their life. You can look at their parchment. Hallelujah. And see, there is hope. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And hallelujah, one of the greatest things, if the musicians could come, please. That was fat. Good Lord, have mercy. Praise God. Hey, man, that was fast, boy. Hallelujah. Y'all know I don't get paid by the hour. <laughs> hallelujah. That wasn't even an hour, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah. Might have to find something else to say. We'll find out, praise the Lord. But even then, in the, in the parchments, in the parchments, amen, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 2 through 3, that you... Are an epistle. Yes, you are. Matter of fact, you're a living epistle right. written in our hearts, Amen. known and read by all men. Amen. Clearly, you are an epistle right. of Christ, ministered by us, Amen. written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, Amen. not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. Amen. Above all, we need the parchments. Above all, I need you and you need me. Hallelujah. Above all, I need your testimony just as much as you need my testimony. Hallelujah. We're going to make it together. Amen. I said we're going to make it together. Amen. Hallelujah. I heard a preacher say that the saved and the unsaved got one thing in common, and that's life. It's life. You suffer loss, I suffer loss. You've suffered hardships, I've suffered hardships. You've had moments in your time where you doubt, and I've had moments in my time where I've doubted God. Amen. But, in, but no matter what, the saved person relies on another parchment. He relies on this parchment right here. Amen. He relies on this, that God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory found in Christ Jesus. There's a parchment that I can look to, and then when I, li when I live out that parchment, I'm a blessing to the unsaved who may not know God. And this might be the only, my life may be the only Bible they read. I want you to really think about that when you're going through life, that I may be the only Bible that somebody's reading. So they're looking at you and seeing how you respond to troubles, how you respond to situations, how you're responding to that lost loved one, how you're responding to the, uh, the, the relationships that seem to be falling apart in your life. They're responding to you when everything's due, the credit card, the debit, I mean, come on somebody. They're watching you because you're the living epistle read of all men. Hallelujah. They might, may not ever read psalm that encouraged you, but you can be the living epistle of that psalm. You can walk out, yea, though I walk. You can walk out, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. I can walk it out. Hallelujah. Praise God. I can walk out, creating me a clean heart, oh God.
and renew a right spirit within me. I can walk it out. And as they see that, that'll be the word that changes them. The Bible says it's the word, the engrafted word, able to save the soul. Hallelujah. And as I'm walking, as my life is saying Jesus is a healer, Jesus is a redeemer, Jesus can save anybody. Hallelujah. They can see that too and be encouraged. And they'll ask you, what church do you go to? What, 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 what are you doing? You tell them, it's, listen, it ain't me. What is it? It's, it's just the God in me. Come on. It ain't just Mary Mary who says it. It's the God. Come on, somebody. It really is the God in me. Hallelujah. It's not just the Bible that strengthens us in our time of need, but it's also our parchment, ourselves. It's us that we can find our strength and be able to strengthen others. So be strong. Stay committed. Keep your sound mind. Keep your sound mind. And it's through the word of God that we can keep our sound mind. Hallelujah. Because somebody is reading your parchment. Paul said, I need my coat. I need the books. But above all, above all, bring me the parchments. Bring me the parchments. Hallelujah. If we could all stand. Amen. Hallelujah. We could all stand. If you're here today, and you need some encouragement. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us. Thank you.